0: Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts Mish and Mel.
1: Hello. Hello, hello. You
0: ready to what? do this thing?
1: So ready.
0: Okay. So, um I want to start with Chase.
1: Oh, my little Frenchie, <laughs> like I like okay, I know it's yeah. um <laughs> it's a bad reference but, like, and I know I'm skipping ahead, like, a teeny touch, but I think it, like, really sets the path for everything. Um, I think Chase would have been a DOD member.
0: I mean, now, like, now you (laughs) I don't know I like he's he's not that gullible and that's what's kind of bizarre about how this is going to work right because they're obviously pushing Chase towards the dark side and he's not gullible right he sees things for exactly what they are now that the rose-colored glasses are off or whatever you want to call seeing the bed where your wife had sex with her best (laughs) friend whatever you want to call that but like that's what's kind of bizarre about the whole Chase situation right now is that he is seeing it clearly right like he starts to kind of tell austin stuff like you know she only married me because i was dying With surprise <laughs> i'm still here and i'm like ding 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 and it's just like what i liked is that he also acknowledged his role in this that yes. he did not exactly make that he did not exactly make it easy i mean i'm sorry but like how do you reject somebody who's dying? Right. Like, how do you say, like, will you marry me? And her being like, you know what? Like, I'm not sure we're there yet. (laughs) Like, what was she supposed to say? Like, I think maybe in time I might get there, but I'm just not ready right now. Okay. Like that's like, I think at the very least he's finally acknowledged that he's put her in an impossible situation. So it's just sort of like, there is such a disconnect between what he's saying, which is more in line with the reality. Mm-hmm. so chase is struggling with being straight up mad and i think there's a really huge part of him that wants to be mad right like the when he's at the quarter main house he wants to be mad he wants an excuse to be angry and to yes. unleash some of it you could see that you could see that in the way he looks at willow but then at the hospital he's all like you know i i kind of created this situation too you know how could i not see this and again he didn't want to he really, really didn't want to. He really wanted to believe in the happy ending, that he did this heroic thing for her by, like, sacrificing Mm -hmm. his love, and it all worked out in the end. Like, he was just living for that narrative. But then at the hospital with Austin, he acknowledges that, like, you know, she's actually in love with him, and I need to let her go, and I need to, like, allow her to be happy. So there's this part of him that is angry and rational, and then there's Austin, who's being very straightforward about what he wants. Yes. Like, Chase was like, you're trying to manipulate me. He's like, no, I'm being pretty direct about what I want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually love. Like, he, no matter what character he plays, like, he's just so on point. And, and even though Chase knows what Austin is doing, Chase, you could see in his eyes that he's just, he's flirting with it. Like, he was going to confront Willow, and he, he didn't. So he's not going to be manipulated by Austin, but he's definitely flirting with the dark side.
0: I guess that's the part for me that I need to see because that's that's the the missing puzzle piece for me is like, I, and I know it's so simplistic to think that because I'm literally reacting to what's in front of my face because I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just like, but you see logically. So how would you go to this dark side? Like I'm there and I know he'll end up there, but I just don't see how right now because you can see he doesn't agree with Austin and I'm guessing, okay, I'm guessing for him to lean more toward what Austin is saying Mm-hmm. <laughs> michael or willow maybe michael right mm-hmm. because what if he helps austin it's a dig at michael not so much willow yes and honestly honestly i mean look i don't think wiley is going to suffer but remember that's willow's perspective elq doesn't concern me too much but I—it it is wiley's legacy yes So that's something that I feel like Chase won't take into account that I feel like something might happen where Michael might do something to grate him or get under his skin or something about like them might kind of really push him to kind of go to the dark side. (laughs) And I think that Chase might be focusing maybe more his revenge on Michael that I don't think he's going to like whatever happens to ALQ I feel like he's not considering the impact on like all the people in that house, because he has a relationship with some of those people, right? Like he obviously has a respectful and amicable relationship with Monica. Monica is somebody who means a lot to Finn. And while Willow is not directly connected to ELQ, Wiley is, and I don't think he's thinking about that, that Willow, you know, might look at him and be like, dude, you're messing with my kid. Right. And that's sort of a, that's sort of like a, I feel like a non-forgivable area for Willow, right? Like, I don't think he realizes that he's giving people a reason to be mad at him too, right? So it's kind of like the whole, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. They might have screwed you, literally, but like what you're doing <laughs> also. I don't think that works. <laughs> but what he's going to do is, you know, is going to rub people the wrong way. Um, and even he, Brooklyn, like how is Brooklyn going to feel? Right? You know, like, she's been in knots about the reason the family lost shares, right? Like, about how Valentin took over. Mm-hmm. You know, she was gonna fake a pregnancy just to make that right. Not to mention, she sees Austin as a massive threat um, to her daughter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, how how is Brooklyn gonna feel if she finds out Chase had anything to do with helping Austin in any way? So, I think he might be pushed to do things in a really rash way, but I feel like Chase has not really considered how negatively this will blow back on him.
1: No, it's like he's never been in this, like, twisted world of kind of flirting with the dark side of things, the revenge end of things. The only person that I could see eventually forgiving him first would be Brooklyn because that would push them closer together because she understands being in that position where you feel like you have no other out and these are the choices that you made. You are willing to deal with the consequences, but you did put yourself in that mess first.
0: And she did sort of a, like, they did make a show of that this week, of, like, Brooklyn acknowledging to Michael, I do understand what
1: it is to be in an impossible situation. Yes, I love that conversation. There's so much undertone and so much layers to it. It's like, dude, I'm living it right now. And you don't even know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I loved watching her face shift as she was giving a speech about doing the right thing, realizing, oh, wow, I'm uh, so <laughs> not in a position to talk right now. Yeah, so, yeah. Love
1: it, love it. But I like the frank conversation that she had with Michael because I, I don't think it's fair that because she kind of knows a little bit that they're being more open in front of her. Like, it's not right for her to be in that position. And I am really glad that she got that out in the open and tried to explain, like, and let him see both sides. I know Michael knows, but sometimes when you're too far in you don't see what everybody else is seeing
0: and the worst part is i don't even think they're being open because brooklyn knows i think they're being sloppy this is exactly Ooh, the thing okay, that people okay. warned them about you know people were saying you guys have crappy poker faces like your for <laughs> each other is showing brooklyn warned michael and carly warned willow so that's the worst part of it like and I th- you know what? I think it's to highlight that they're not bad people, right? They're, they're right. just in love. And they're finding it really, really hard to live something inauthentically. But frankly, I do kind of buy the rationale that they set in motion when Chase was in the hospital, right? The rationale that we need to sacrifice our love the way Chase did for us to get him through this. Um, and funnily enough, I do agree with the silly logic that Willow came up with. The benchmark of five steps, I actually yes. find it kind of logical and reasonable because, you know, while Chase acknowledged that, you know, he put her in an impossible situation asking him to marry her when he was about to, he only had a few more hours to live, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's actually acknowledged the pressure he's put on her
1: since then. Okay, fair. I think that's, that's a really good point.
0: He, he has like no motivation to do any of this for himself. Like he's literally put off his entire recovery He's put on Willow as a whole, and I don't think he understands the consequences of that. Like, you're making it hard for her to tell you when you're literally, like, I have no motivation to walk or do (laughs) anything, and I'm doing it all for you, and he's all in this angry place. So I can understand that she wants him to be at least have his strength before she, like, crushes his soul. (laughs)
1: You know, yeah, you put it like that. Oh, <laughs> <you know. laughs>
0: but do you know what killed me the most? Like what? killed me the most is that, you know, in those initial scenes with Chase at the hospital, or I think it was at the court of means, he has a flashback to his wedding. Yes. Where Michael's putting the ring on Willow, and I just so keep thinking it. I keep thinking it myself. I'm like, you know what? So you both married her. You know, no one's actually cheating if you both married her because that's kind of what happened. Like maybe like the powers at that time made you both legally married to Willow. So she's not really cheating on you. She's just having sex with one of her husbands.
1: There you go. There you go, yeah. everybody. <laughs> we solved the... <laughs> the mystery. Story done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is that loophole.
1: <laughs> I, the, the, it's just Michael's face in that scene. Like, I know it's, it's supposed to be painful, but for some reason it makes me giggle, and I don't know if that makes me a bad person, but I'm just like, the pained look in both their faces, knowing that this is this is happening right now. This is going on. <laughs>
0: I know. Okay. Also something really quick about them. It was an interesting shift in conversation. Okay. So again, totally, I'm, I'm on board with the five steps benchmark that they have for truth telling. And then when Michael kind of, they started to have a conversation that like, there's a fine line between enabling and supporting chase. Yes. Right. So I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Right. Because now they're dipping to a place where they're realizing and this is exactly what Carly was pointing out when she had that talk with Willow. Like sometimes we're, we think we're being kind, but we're actually hurting someone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, kind of like what Jason had initially did with Brit, you know, he was being kind by being vague, I guess. <laughs> and he was trying to be he was trying to be so nice to her and it's like no being nice to her and leaving that door open is cruel
1: yeah right absolutely it is
0: and then for willow and michael to start having that conversation that like maybe we are not being kind anymore you know what i mean at one point it made sense but as time is moving on this is kind of shifting to like from kind to cruel, and also uh, this was so striking when Monica sees Willow at the hospital. It's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. Nurse Chase," and she's like, mm, "No, it's Nurse Tate." <laughs> and then Monica makes the point of not just being like, "Oh, okay, oh, no. sorry, Nurse Tate." She she had to like dig a little bit more, be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, like." last time you took all of Michael's names, so I just thought that you would have done so for your current husband, and it killed me. It made me laugh, because Willow had a very um striking scene, right? Because she gets married for the court thing, and there's a really striking scene where she corrects the lawyer, Nell's lawyer, mm-hmm. Martin, and goes, it's Mrs. Michael Corinthos. Where she really Ooh. makes the point of embodying that name, so I find, like, highlighting that was so so significant with michael even though it was a fake marriage she was all in and even though this is a fake marriage with chase like she's barely one foot in like barely she's got a toe in there she's like i'm we're not gonna share a house but like we'll do this
1: <laughs> i'm never gonna kiss you on the lips and just we're just gonna keep going this is, this is gonna be great <laughs> We're going to do this um, thing now, walk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I loved seeing her at the nurses station though. And yes, that conversation was super awkward, but it was so cool one to see Felix there. That yeah. was so fun. And I'm like, "Oh, does that mean he has like a number at the nurses ball?"
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's exactly. And we're like, "Let's just, you know, bring all the nurses back, get you all ready so you're not confused when they're taking over the nurses ball."
1: Right. And I just love the like the conversation, the way he was testing Willow um his reminiscing with Elizabeth like it really makes you think like they've been on there for so long <laughs> yeah
0: actually yeah there was something about that the whole like passing the torch and i do find that like there is sort of this setup you know like you can't help but think of like you know, even the teens as sort of the next generation, you know, like even Michael being the next generation, Willow or Sasha these people, they actually stay, but it's just, you can't help but notice that.
1: Absolutely. Like, I just, it's,
0: I love that. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I just found that to be such a significant exchange that they had.
1: Um, and seeing, okay, so I know it was really positive for Willow, but it honestly made me a little bit sad because it made me think of Kiki and the path that she was on. And she was going to be that next generation. She was going to be part of that unit and that club at the hospital. And I kind of went awry. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh,
0: you're hurting my soul. It hurts my it heart uh, remembering that because that sucks. Oh you know, gosh. so much hope for Kiki. But the actress in real life gave birth to twins.
1: I saw that. Good for her. Congratulations. I still, though, wish we had Kiki. Like, it sucked hard that she died. I know. That was a major. I really was, like, I felt like, like, Ava, like, no, it's not really happening. Like, this is not happening. I don't believe it. Like, they're faking. They're going to figure this out.
0: Yeah, that was a hard one. And, like, what's shocking is that Nicholas really, he took a leap, and he was correct based on that Ryan letter.
1: I was shocked. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> like literally, I wrote super shocked. Nicholas cracked the case, like very shocked.
1: Yes, because he's so hot headed, and I, I definitely thought that when he had that interaction with Spencer and he put everything together, and Alexis was like, no, don't go and confront him. I know. Like everything is so fragile right now. But he actually got things out of that conversation, and that he picked up on that I didn't think he would have. So I was like, go Nicholas, like you're hot headed, stomp on over to your son, like actually. Turn something good for you like you found a clue
0: but you know what i also think that was reflective of the fact that unlike everyone else you know everyone is giving him crap for like abandoning his son for three years Mm -hmm. and i mean that's fair but what this shows is regardless of not being around his son for three years he still knows him better than anyone else and understands that darkness that joss warn Trina about in a very watered-down, rosy kind of way, that he's a little <laughs> messed up, right? Because essentially, it's just he has a dark side to him. It's not just about being spoiled, it's about the fact that he is a Cassidine, and with that comes a very dark history.
1: Absolutely, and I, like I'm still kind of, I mean, I like that Nicholas went to Ava that shocked me did that
0: not shock you because it's one thing for him to figure it out and tell the camera and talk to himself but because he didn't because he didn't tell Laura right he didn't tell Mm. Laura or Kevin I thought he was going to um I 100% loved Laura being like no no we're gonna stay (laughs) I I loved how they threw in like that little wrench in the plan for the teens right of trying Mm -hmm. to pull one over on the adults and them kind of being like I don't think so
1: like for you to have the switch freedom
0: <laughs> it happened to Spencer with Laura and it also happened to Joss with like uh Jason Jason and Carly but yeah like to me I was shocked when he said it to Eva because I'm like okay so like he knows but he's really confident about what he's thinking
1: I, I, and I love that there were so many things to kind of dissect in that scene because Ava's still not sure what the heck is going on and why he's there. So she's already, like, up against a wall and ready to just kind of, like, talk him down, even though she loves him to pieces. He comes in with his confidence and his gusto, lays it all down. Like, it just showed me, like, what their partnership is, what their forgiveness is. Like, she wasn't even mad. She's like, are you sure about this? Are you sure you want to walk down this path? Are you sure you want, basically, do you want this to be the reality? Because we could kind of pretend that it's not.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, like that's, that's incredible, right? Because she lost a child and she's actively yes. separating herself from her child. Um, So, so history doesn't repeat itself essentially. And she was there to witness Spencer's loss of his father. She obviously regrets her choice not to help him. She yeah. knows she hurt Spencer a lot. And the last thing she wants is for Nicholas to have to experience A rift or a separation because not only did she suffer the loss of kiki she suffered the loss of kiki under terrible circumstances with regards to their relationship too and the fact that she was willing to step in and be like is scheming parenting and do you really want to do this
1: okay so what i'm having a hard time reconciling is oh nicholas understands what's happening He explains this to Ava. He has this big plan as to what's going to happen next. We see the wobbly camera at the end of Friday's episode. My concern is the depths to which Spencer went. Like Joss touched lightly, as you said, on his darkness. How do you reconcile all of these emotions? How will Nicholas and Spencer get past this? It's not like he's a little kid pulling a prank. He's, you know, they keep repeating that they're 18, they're 18, they're adults, big air quotes that you can't see. So he's making these decisions, knowing the consequences. He has mentioned, you know, Ava's child. He knows what happened to Kiki. I I am having a hard time as to like, how is Laura going to see this? How, who is going to be there for Spencer when nobody is? It can't just be Trina. She's, she's a child. What is going to happen next? Is Ava going to be the one that bridges the path to everybody for him?
0: Absolutely. Like, I I 100% think that's the case. And that's what they're setting up, right? There's Look, mm-hmm. look how they've positioned Ava. Ava is talking to Trina about how, like, Spencer, you know, this is a big step for him. Look at what Spencer did. You know, he spoke to me and he cares about his father. And look at the way she tried to talk Nicholas down, knowing full well that the stalker could have actually been Spencer. Like, it's right. Ava. You know, she's taking in the information and she she is processing that it is a possibility. But she is still choosing to handle it in that way. And I 100% think that Ava is going to be the bridge because it's the only way for Spencer to kind of move past everything that he thinks of Ava. And for Ava to be able to demonstrate through experience that she's a different person. And you're right. What he did was devastating and it was really twisted. And I think that it's the reactions everyone will have toward him is a thing that is going to force him to grow up. And I think that's a bit of a running theme here. You know, like watch how Cameron spoke to Spencer today. Like, can't you just be more real and be genuine? Like he's giving him life advice. And I just think it's kind of the theme a little bit. It's like grow up. Um, And it means something different for Spencer. You know, they said it like, you know, uh, I think Nicholas was the one who said it. It's not cute anymore. He's not a kid doing and pulling all these pranks. And even with Trina, you know, it's not as dramatic, but even everything that went on between her and Portia, there is a part of that that is about growing up, right? Seeing your, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding life in a more complex adult way, you know, like it's a milestone, you know, seeing your parents as people rather than like this idea of them that you've carried with you since you've been a child so i do think that there is a running theme with these teens of the whole you're a teen now and pushing them over to the other side because even cam has gone through this right he's a kid so he does these big things he's a part of the adult storylines but how many times has he been like thoughtless right or a little bit reckless because he's a kid right it makes sense
1: absolutely oh my gosh yes so i love that you know, Ava's going to help Spencer be a human being. I love that Cam's already kind of started trying to point him in the right direction. Yeah. Because in the end, that's the only way he'll ever get Trina after all of this.
0: I think that everything going on with Spencer is just basically a way to grow him up, right? Not just age him by presenting us with an actor that fits the age. But I think this whole story is really about filling in the gaps And growing him up, because he has not been on the show consistently the way that maybe Cameron, Joss, and we've come to see with Trina, right? Because remember, in Joss's warning of Spencer, she is referencing an eight-year-old Spencer.
1: Yes. (laughs) That is
0: the frame of reference. So I think a huge part of this entire storyline is about growing up Spencer.
1: Absolutely making the right choices. And we got to know a little bit more about Spencer this week, like we see this facade, we're obviously taking off the layers. But there was a few different instances, like when Joss was talking about her bodyguard, and Spencer pipes in and he's like, he's still searching for that approval and dad love, even though he's upset and the stalkering and the mending bridges. He's like, Oh, yeah, my dad watches me closely, too. It must mean he loves me so much.
0: Yeah, I did find that a little striking. Honestly, I didn't know what Spencer was referencing at that point in time and I think it is reflective of exactly what you said, a desire to be loved and connected which is what Cameron was trying to talk to him about.
1: Exactly, and then we learn about his friends and how detached everybody is and what their focus is and even though he razzes Cam he genuinely cares about him like when he brought yeah. him to change clothes. I really didn't feel that was a dig. I really felt it was like... no. Come, let's go get ready the girls are getting ready so like let's go get ready <laughs>
0: yeah it could totally warmed my heart when I saw that because I did see glimpses of Spencer being really happy to have mm. Cam as his friend and I'm so happy for that they've always been on opposite sides and I don't mind having that constant friction and Cameron having to translate real world things to Spencer I think that's <laughs> cute but I definitely want them to be able to have each other's backs no matter what like that's what I want for those two characters
1: for sure We'll same, like, no matter what comes up and what ups and downs happen, like, I want them to just be there for each other for the long game. Yes.
0: Um, something that I thought was a super funny detail about this massive party... Mm-hmm. that's a, such a rager is the fact that they introduced the little details of VIP bracelets because only the four of them could be in the house yep <laughs> And I'm like, that's so the whole party is outside you know like the DJ and all those people and the, the boatloads of people <laughs> so I thought that was such a funny clever thing to throw in to make sense as to why no one else will be at this rager
1: I know I was, cause I was honestly thinking like I, I want to see it but like how are they going to pull this off you know, it is still like pandemic time, and then how are we going to do this? But they they really they really figured it out, and I like it. So, so who the, do you
0: who do you think wobbles in?
1: Uh, Nicholas, or he hired one of his henchmen.
0: But what would that even do?
1: He's going to pretend he's a stalker who's trying to stalk him, so he'll scare the bejesus out of him.
0: That's what I was wondering. Like, basically, is he going to like the stalker will show up, and then then Spencer be like, no, it's not not him or whatever (laughs) but this is what I was thinking and I don't think it happened because obviously the only person Nicholas told about his potential plan was Ava but part of me would laugh if he had like gotten Kevin to pretend to be Ryan and scare the crap out of
1: My like, I got goosebumps when you said it because I'm like, that is genius. I want, I need that to happen. I need it. I it's want so it.
0: wrong. It's so wrong because so, it's like, right. so Because right. remember, Cam had like a direct contact. Remember with Ryan? God. Uh
1: huh. Right? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. The car. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh
0: my God. So, it. so it will be bad if that happens.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. okay, so we okay.
0: we can't kind of leave these guys without addressing Ava's, because Ava was the voice of reason, voice of reason with Nicholas about Spencer, but also a very direct voice of reason to Trina.
1: <laughs> oh, I love the role that Ava and like Ava plays in Trina's life. I like the relationship. I am so happy that Trina goes there for advice. and Ava has all this lengthy life experience because, you know, Trina's going off like Ava's some angel and she's like oh boy um you know I have done some things that are far worse than that and uh I'm good
0: <laughs> like, I know right totally oh. Ava's had a life
1: has she ever so I really like that she was bringing that perspective to the table because like we've been saying Trina is young she thinks she's older she thinks her mom did like the worst thing in the world because she's such a normie in the world of Port Charles that this is like completely devastating but there's like And not that it isn't, but this is Port Charles. We know the lengthy rap sheet that some people have. So I really, really enjoyed the place where Ava was coming from in the sense of her experience as a grown woman, but as well as her experience with her daughter. Like, roping that into the fact that, you know, distance is terrible. And when one thing goes wrong and if there's that breakdown in communication and you're not able to work things through... We don't know how much time we have. So without saying that, she brought that into that conversation as well. So it had so many layers. And I think that Trina felt that even though she doesn't really know All of the details.
0: No, I totally agree. And like, I love the way Ava addressed her. And without hesitation, just telling her, it's none of your business at all. And she laughed about it. And I love that. I love setting that boundary, you know, like, I don't have to tell you about my life. Like, I don't owe you that. But in terms of what you said about it being a dramatic storyline, it was relatively straightforward, right? She had a husband who had a completely different life. uh, One that was so drastically separate from hers. and this sort of happened you know exactly like what Ava tried to give Trina as a potential example for why somebody might have done that you know why a good person as you know Trina sees things as a how a good person would kind of do something like that um and just trying to tell her life is a lot more complicated and I think this goes back to what we talked about last time like Trina hates it when people say it's adult stuff but That's the point. You don't get it because you're not (laughs) an adult and you're not past the age of 18. So I 100% not only love the relationship Ava has with Trina, but I love that she has that respect with Portia, right? You know, and they they had to squash their issues ages ago and – I think it's comforting for Portia to know that they're on the same page, that of course Ava would have her back, right? Of course, her and Trina have like a very special bond and relationship, but she's also there to sort of steer her in the same direction as Portia and to not cross any lines or come between them, you know?
1: Exactly, exactly. So And I love the whole idea of like, you know, it takes a village. And I I think even Portia said that at some point, you know, that Ava is part of that village and that that still is true at this point in time.
0: And it looks like Trina is including Stella in that village.
1: Oh, Lord. We're going to go there. Okay.
0: Um. So, okay. So, I was thinking this when she was talking to Stella because... You know, Stella's trying to apologize, and Trina keeps saying, like, I still don't see how you did anything wrong or why you would have something to apologize for. And I know that Stella acknowledged that she's being very generous, but I kind of wish Stella would go the extra mile because we all know she loves going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just felt like Stella probably should have said, like, you know, I think that might be coming from a place of anger or upset about your mom, but I think you need to understand how... Or why I can be looked at as the bad guy and why what I did wasn't okay. You might be mad at your mom, but none of this made it okay. And kind of echoing what Ava said, it didn't mean that you had a right to know. And I shouldn't have crossed that line. Like that was something I should have respected.
1: Oh my God, 1000%. Like it wasn't that woman's secret to tell. And it was very frustrating. And that I think just goes to show the... um, The naiveness, like Stella still has growing to do. Trina is still very young. So it's interesting to see somebody as, you know, seasoned as Stella having this conversation with Trina, but yet they're still somewhat at the same place.
0: Oh my gosh, 100% now that you point that out. And I love Trina, but I was really disappointed with the way she treated her mother.
1: Oh my god, okay, we're gonna get back to that in a second, but I did, okay, so the post you made with Curtis's print on a shirt versus Stella's print (laughs) on her shirt, so it just, because it lends to what I'm saying right now. (laughs) So basically, you know, I feel like everything GHS is very purposeful. So that little tidbit was like, you know, Curtis, if you don't get your act together about like this black and white situation in life, you're going to end up like Stella. Whoa,
0: that's deep. I know sometimes (laughs) like wardrobes have some kind of meaning. And once you actually thought there was more to it, I thought you were going to say like Curtis will land in the hospital. Um, (laughs) And I mean, that could happen if ever there is a paternity issue that oh,
1: I, I hope there arises mm-hmm, but
0: mm-hmm. you're right i love that they pointed that out as sort of this thing that belongs to curtis's character right being very black and white in the way that he sees things especially what he considers to be right at his like his perception of the truth and how the truth should be handled <laughs> so, um also about all of that you know Like, Portia, I I love it. Like, she's a bit of a nerd, you know? Like, she was so happy to have had that interaction with Jordan yeah this is so sweet it's like (laughs) I think we could be friends and she's even telling Curtis like Jordan talked me down he's like yeah I don't really want to hear about Jordan but whatever (laughs) Um, so I love that I love that like Portia got her friend fixed through Jordan I think that's so sweet but also it's just like once again it's the attempt at making drama over the signed papers Mm -hmm. that you know because I don't really think it's going to be a big deal like you know what I mean like something would have to happen to make that a big deal
1: Yeah, I don't understand why this paper is so... Is the paper going to bust into flames? Is the paper going to... Like, I'm just not understanding this. It's cute, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal either. Like,
0: oopsie-poopsie, we're still married. And Curtis said he's not in a rush, but I guess it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. If something does happen to him medically...
1: Yes, Jordan would
0: have say, and she'd have to deal with his doctor, and I don't know if Portia would be treating Curtis, but
1: who knows? Oh, maybe. like I know, exactly. (laughs) And then, like, it becomes a whole team effort. You know, Jordan still makes the decisions, but Portia can put you know her doctor skills to the test right there without dealing. She'll be emotional, but she'll be able to have a say. And it becomes, you know, a bonding thing for Portia and Jordan. Like there's Oh, that can come that's out so of it.
0: cute. That is such a cute idea that Jordan still being married to Curtis and being able to have the final say in his medical care won't cause any strife between her and Portia at all, especially if Portia and Curtis have truly progressed in their relationship and she feels like his person. I love that. You're like, yeah, I think this could be promising for their friendship. I'm all about that
1: friendship. I don't know how I feel about Curtis, but I'm all about that friendship.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. It's kind of like how I feel about TJ and Brando.
1: Yes, oh, I love them. Okay, so talking about, like, funny duos, Scott and Austin, like, Scott is just his own little character, but I love, (laughs) I love the way he just approached Austin, like, super peppy, and, you know, he wants to know what's going on, and the gossip, and I loved their conversation about Alan, Like, I could not stop laughing about, like, all the innuendo and just kind of the jabs and just Scott wanting his payday. Yeah, that Alan had a big heart. Yeah, and he's like, I don't think that's what, oh, no, it was, my mother always said that Alan's heart was in the right place. (laughs) And then Scott says, I'm not sure it was his heart that was in the right place, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And then Austin's like, yes, I actually do know what you mean. I know, (laughs) I know,
0: they're so funny together.
1: And just like the choice of words, like when Scott's like, "Yes, let's weaponize that indiscretion." I was like, "Ooh, I like the way that sounds."
0: (laughs) That's the thing, though. I was like, "All right, so his lawyer knows about this affair. How is that going to get used?" That the fact that Scott knows.
1: (laughs) Scott, the worst. I like. I'm like, does he have discretion? Like, does he know how to like keep that under
0: wraps? (laughs) I don't think so. My
1: God. And but okay, so. You know, with this whole Austin thing, we are still debating, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You know, we talked about it earlier with Austin, that interaction happened after this whole thing with Scott. But he really, how did you feel about finding out that news about the interaction, about the fact that there may be actual evidence to prove that he has some sort of standing in the quarter main stake?
0: Oh, I think it makes it way more interesting, right? Because right? the way that the story was going, I'm, I was just thinking, treasure hunt. Like it, it adds to the <laughs> it adds to the core, I mean, drama and stuff actually going on in their home, under their roof with all of those characters. So for that reason, I'm super excited about that. Um, also very impressive that Ned handled that whole thing like a human person with a heart.
1: Okay, so when he said his stuff, I wrote down, Here's your big romantic gesture, and that's exactly how we looked at him
0: right after. (laughs) And what what made it work even more was the fact that like he didn't even realize he was being a good person. I know. (laughs) So I think that sold it even more, you know, because it is a crappy position that Austin's in because you know, again, he doesn't have direct direct anything direct connection to to Edward, but you know, he is hurt for his father right he is grieving and that is behind all of this and so in terms of when you were talking about like whether he's a good guy or a bad guy i think he's an awkward guy right i think he's (laughs) i think he's an awkward guy with a good heart and right now his alliance is to his father and who knows right the kinds of things his father has shared with him um and so even though he said you know their quarter means are users there's this they're that I still think he has a big heart. He's a small-town doctor. He's used to getting to know people. And I think at the end of the day, there is still room for Austin to kind of change his mind about the Quartermains as they move forward.
1: I think so, too. Like, we both have observed the fact that he wants relationships. He wants a sense of family. He wants people around him. And he fits right into the crazy really well. Exactly.
0: He really does. Again, I... I don't know. It, it feels like kind of nice and nostalgic to kind of have the quarter house filled once again.
1: I totally agree. Like, I can't wait for the hijinks. Like, I do picture this whole treasure chase and somebody right around the corner and like a door opening and you're pretending you're having a drink. Like, I, I want to see some humor in it, too.
0: I think I oh my gosh there's enough character like there's enough people I find that can definitely bring that you know between Brooklyn Valentine and Austin I think those are definitely the characters to bring that funny oh and Olivia what am I saying how can I forget her and all this that can make it definitely a lot more fun
1: well one of my favorite lines and I'll give it now is when Ned does say that line she's like that's so sweet it was very unquarterman of you (laughs) (laughs) I'm like yes you read my mind
0: (laughs) Okay, so back to Scott for a second. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, his little, like, romance with Obrecht on the roof. Like, oh, my gosh. He was flirting.
1: This was well, yep. That was, like, my favorite of the whole week because if, it, it's not that it feels random. It's just, like, we want Obrecht to be happy. We like Scott and his goofiness. And that whole, like, family thing with, like, Brit walking in and being, like, finding them making out, and she's like, oh, my God, like, act right, like, why are you doing that? It just felt so nice to give Britt a sense of stability and family, to see her mom happy with everything that she's going through. You know, she doesn't want to see it, but she's happy to be a part of it, and they all are together.
0: But Scott, too.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean like they're just they're so good together like there's this whole sense of like family and people who really needed that love and that sense of family
0: okay before we continue talking about relationships because there's definitely more there I don't want to forget this part remember Liesl invites him to do this (laughs) whole like conference experimental drugs and I knew this from the moment she was diagnosed with Huntington's I wondered will they allow it to run its course in, in a sort of the way that they did the Alzheimer's storyline or would something else go on here because mm-hmm. especially with Obrecht being attached you know, to Brit as her mother and knowing her history with experimental drugs and experimental facilities that she has worked at yeah. I was sort of waiting
1: for that Right, I was really really excited, I like that they're going to go on this adventure together um, and to me it was like okay, deal's done, checklist, she's going to be fine
0: at the very least, I feel like she'll find something that will postpone it and it'll kind of put the thing on the back burner for some time, right? Her illness on the back burner. Um, but what I like about this little family, right? So you got Brick mm-hmm. coming in with Scott and Obrecht. You know, Scott is connected to his other sort of surrogate family, right? He's a surrogate grandpa to Cam. Yes. And so there's whole Elizabeth's family plus Scott and his family, which includes Britt. I'm like, this will make some super fun family things. And remember, Sam is also included in Elizabeth's (gasps) family as well. And then I was wondering this, because when Spencer joined them and was giving everybody a summary on who these people were, Scott says to Spencer, if ever you get in trouble, let me know. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, how is your fake grandson, Cam, going to think about this? But it's interesting how, like, Scott has been inserted a little bit into Spencer's life in that scene. So, again, interesting family connections here.
1: I love it. I love it. And, like, oh my god, just, I need to see that.
0: And was Britt really supposed (laughs) to be all, like, y'all come to a teen party? (laughs) Like, like I'm glad it was Spencer on that that would have happened. I love how Cam reminded him that so you think the chief of staff of general hospital okay is gonna come to your party
1: (laughs) (laughs) i loved it like i know he loves her and everything but i'm like so this is your version of a Ranger? I'm really confused right now.
0: <laughs> I know. And it's really sweet that after all these years, remember, because again, they're referencing Spencer from when he was eight years old, is still hold like he still holds on to Brit as like a mother figure, right? The woman Ew. he really wanted to be his mom. And I think that's the sweetest thing of all. And I and I forgot, right? When he came back into town and he sees Brit for the first time, like I forgot. And so again, Brit is obviously dealing with a broken heart, but I love that you know her having that role with spencer you know i i I forgot that he was a part of her circle so i think that's also just really cool oh Oh! Mm -hmm. sorry sorry just because you asked earlier who would be there to support spencer and i guess brit would definitely be one of them
1: absolutely so what i would like i'd love for brit to be there for him for ava to be there for him but he needs that person like how trina has ava he needs his version of Ava, which is Brit. He needs that, like, adult influence. He has his, he'll have his friend circle of Cam or whatever, but he still needs that adult support until outside of the Casadine world that can shed some perspective.
0: 100%. They need that other adult that's not their parent to be like, no, your mom or your dad is 100% correct. (laughs) Like, they just need somebody else to, like, reinforce those same ideas.
1: Right? Oh, my gosh. So,
0: Brit. Brit. So this is what I think of that conversation. Okay. Okay, which
1: one? <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: okay. Well, where do you so, want to start? Um, look, I don't really know what Jax's deal is. Like you're not a fun guy. Uh, like you show oh. up to Brit to run your mouth about like all that stuff like i don't know
1: singing the same song but to somebody else hoping that he can drag her in and she's not buying any of it and she sees him for less than what he is now so he had an opportunity to build like an adult relationship with brit and have this like nice rapport and then he squashed that and then he made her basically called her stupid yeah,
0: like he's such a jerk. Like he has to find someone to be self righteous with because it's like it's not working with Carly and it's never worked with anyone else. So let's have it never work with Britt. Like it's just like this is what kind of bugged me. You know what I mean? Like you were in a bad way, she was in a bad way. And the whole point was you were there to like comfort and maybe lift each other up, have a good time together. But showing up to talk about Carly and Jason with her. I just feel like, I don't know, doesn't that a little bit defeat the purpose? Like, I know that you guys want to be friends and that's part of your life and you want to share that with her, but I just felt like you're definitely not the cool guy and you're certainly not that guy that she could have a good time with, you
1: know? No, <laughs> like, that, so. like that ship has sailed because he came to her like a teenager. When the banter started, like when he saw the name um, outside of her office and they kind of had like a little moment I'm like okay they can it's have cute. a decent friendship right and then when he launched into his speech and tirade of like 20 years ago I'm yes. like, <laughs> and you saw her face just be like oh great like get out of my office <laughs> I know I know
0: and so okay so Jason showed up and they obviously clarified in the end that yes he, he was <laughs> there to see Britt because I'm like that's where you went to go find Jax like okay do you have a tracker device on him like why did you think he was gonna be there but then i was just like at the same time too like why does brit have
1: to witness this <laughs> Like, it's just I, like know, I, I know i know why obviously well
0: yes it just, like it came to the point where she realizes it was a business deal and not because he's actually in love with carly right so that's sort of like the bonus for for Britt.
1: It is the bonus and to see the, the low depths that Jacks will go to to kind of squash their names and just like for crying out loud, he rant a Dante like a child.
0: I, I was literally like, what a narc. And I'm like, right? first of all, first of all, you're going to go to Dante. Yeah. The PCPD are going to solve organized crime mm-hmm. for good now that you asked. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's what kept them from, from arresting <laughs> these people and taking them down the mass, is That you didn't go up to one of them specifically and said, could you do something about it? Like, what no. is the matter with you? What is the matter with you? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're such a baby. Like, he's so bored. Like, somebody needs to keep him busy. Like, I don't know. Give him a company to run. <laughs> like.
1: I um, just kept thinking, like, I kept thinking about you and, and you know, just talking about you gave us, like, a, a an advanced level of the mob and how it works and how people can't get out, basically. Is the exactly. And then you have Jax, like, I don't understand. Why don't you? like? <laughs> but what it killed me it's like you're like jason do something but it's like dude he's doing everything <laughs>
0: that's exactly it because honestly like still very much watching power and there are all these like spin-off series that we plan and intend on watching like we were <laughs> we are, we are deep in that you know what i mean and that's the whole point everybody in poor charles for the most part see the the rosier side, I guess, of organized crime, you know, the way that, like, you know, the status, the influence, that kind of a thing. And so obviously, when you're watching Power, you're privy to the darker part of it. And that's what was bugging me when I was listening to Jax, because I'm like, there is no out. Like, there is no out. Like, the fact that he keeps saying, like, oh, Jason had an out like so many times. I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he doesn't. Like, that's the part that you don't get that your daughter seems to understand more than you. So that whole thing kind of, Bugged me. And even more so when he was like, I'll handle it on my own. I'm like, no, you're going to die. Like, that's what's going to happen. Like, what (laughs) what do you think you can do specifically to handle it? Like, it was, it was quite like, I mean, he is frustrating. And I guess, you know, again, he's just diving back into, you know, Jack's exactly what you said of 20 years ago. But, in terms of that conversation, once he left between Jason and Britt, to me, this is what it did for me. It saved face for Britt in that conversation because last yes. week, I was concerned she was going to be heading down that path of like, ah, Jason, cause she's having a <laughs> cause she's having a hard time, right? And yes. And that's the thing, and I that I find interesting is that, like when there's a breakup, you they keep picturing all the women like suffering and struggling over time. You know, like even Sam made a point of saying, like, it's hard. Do you think we'll make it through? Right. Because she's a single mom now. And then there's always Jason just chugging along. Sure. But again, I think I understand it now because it does really come back to the life. And so when every day for you is about like surviving, it gives Mm -hmm. you something to focus on. (laughs) (laughs) Like not dying can keep your brain busy. And moving forward, um, I think. But yeah, so that was a really redeeming conversation where Brit, I felt like it was an opportunity for Brit to show a vulnerable side, express her hurt, reiterate that she misses him and wishes it wasn't this way. But also re-kind of demonstrating her strength and that she's Brit. Like, if anything else, she's Brit. And I felt like for me, it was just nice to see that that wasn't going to be taken away.
1: Oh, 100%. This is the closure conversation that I wanted to happen so that she can get back up on all of the things that she needs to do and run her hospital and be fierce and be Brit. Exactly, exactly.
0: And I kind of, I don't know, I'm looking forward to her and the Terry stuff. I am looking forward to the, to her further transformation because she talks about it, trying to be the kinder, gentler Brit. And I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that whole thing Um, because I feel like that journey will sort of be between her and Terry.
1: Yes, and I want to like we talked about that like their friendship. She needs like a female friend. She needs to be kind of like introduced into kind of like Spencer, like just being a regular human who doesn't have to deal with all of like face on as your father and I'm dying of a disease. Like she needs some like real regular people around her.
0: Yeah. So basically, Terry is the cam to to her Spencer. If that's how you say those things. Yes.
1: Yes. It took a minute to compute, but I got you, and that is exactly the way I would say it. So did
0: you notice that? Carly's coffee was better
1: okay so in the same moment that it was beautiful it was also completely heartbreaking because we have talked on multiple episodes about this coffee instance because it's so real life relatable
0: yes and so when I was watching it I was being I was freaking out because I was watching this one at night and Johnny was there and when I saw her have the coffee and her being like it was better I was freaking out on the couch like what's wrong I'm like the coffee the coffee tastes better she's moving on (laughs) it's different but it's better. <laughs> I was just like, That's meaningful. It's meaningful. It's a, it's, this is about her grief journey, you know? Like, it was just a lot to take.
1: It was a lot to take. I mean, the whole scene, like her walking in and Jason feeding Donna, so Donna's aged up and she's super cute <laughs> as a button.
0: I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> so, it took a minute and I was waiting. I'm like, are you taking care of, like, the girl you say is yours, like Scout, but it's not Scout because Scout was bigger. But again, I was just like, who is that? (laughs) I figured it out. I figured it out. Donna Courtney. Nice time. I didn't know her middle name was Courtney.
1: Me neither. And it was just really, really sweet. And he's feeding her. Like we never, I mean, we saw him interact with his son, like, you know, arm around him and he goes to play baseball. But other than that, I don't really remember the days that he was with Michael as a baby. So seeing Donna and call him dad or daddy (laughs) was awkward for everybody but Carly kind of had a smile on her face like all of those scenes with them together were so well done because there is such a journey like you said there's a grief journey there's a there's all the transition there's friend to potential lover there's you know where does all this trust go how does this change with physical touch like so when Jason and Carly's faces change. You see them go from completely happy. You see love. You see awkwardness. You see uncomfortableness. You see new territory. Like, I had so much fun watching those scenes because I'm like, damn, these people are so good. Like, to go through all of those emotions in this, like, situation, which is already so hard, was amazing because it's like, Carly's trying to push the boundary, just not push the boundary. She's trying to figure out What does this relationship mean? And you jump ahead to when she's talking to not so dead Sunny and she's explaining, you know, how is this going to change our relationship? How is it going to go with Jason? Like everything is so good right now. Basically she's asking like, is it okay to love him in that way? Should I leave an opening there?
0: One thing. that she sort of decided is that a marriage you know because it's for it's a ceremony right it's a ritual you becoming somebody else's wife and for her Mm -hmm. that's sort of this again it's a choice she's making to let him go because a very direct question came up in that conversation she had with her imagination sunny which was, um, is this going to be a platonic marriage or what? Yes. And she's like, I don't know. And I think that's what she's obviously uh, wrestling with. The interesting thing about watching it is all the awkwardness. It was cringy, but at the same time, that's what it's meant to be. And this is exactly what the actors have been alluding to, that him and like Steve Burton and Laura Wright are basically finding their footing and they're dealing with some interesting material, which is exactly this. It's a new way of interacting and that's the point it's about transitioning their dynamic and when you said like we're not sure you know about like how this is where this is going right like we think it's going to lead somewhere romantic and this is what makes it so distinct from the willow and michael marriage right because it was Mm -hmm. relatively straightforward fake marriage you're going to catch feelings and then you know you're gonna you know most likely end up together but the difference here is while this is a fake marriage and it has some of the same premise it also includes way more history that is not there with willow and michael mm-hmm. and so this is what makes it really complicated they're so like they, again it's like they're dynamic think of it as a dance they've been doing the friendship dance for so long and now they're changing the steps on each other yes. and so it cannot be smooth and i like that i like that they're kind of It it didn't, it wasn't this like in your face romance, like, oh my gosh, we're having moments. And they didn't (laughs) jump into it like that. And I mean, I do feel like they're honoring that history, which is you have been friends forever. You have no idea how to jump back into the sexual relationship you once had. You have no idea how to dive back into those feelings you once had for each other. So hell yeah, it's gonna be awkward. So this is what's really interesting is that there lacks predictability about it, right? And by predictability, mm-hmm. I mean sure, maybe it'll turn romantic, but hear me say maybe because of what we're seeing now, right? It's the clues. Like with Michael and Willow, it was obvious. We kind of figured out every step along the way, and With Jason and Carly, I actually don't know all the steps along the way. Like, it's hard to even picture them getting there at this point. And I think that's what makes this story interesting and not necessarily a repeat of fake marriages, people together and catching feelings, is I like that they are giving it this sort of slow pace. And I am hoping to see a little bit more. And I guess for me, the pace stuff is interesting because Joss throws in, hey, when are you planning this wedding?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: so I am wondering, right? Like, to me, I was so annoyed that the story cut today because I'm like, I need to see this conversation, right? Like, Carly and Jason are dancing around what this marriage really is, right? Like, they talk, we they know it's a fake marriage, they talk mm-hmm. all the time, we're doing this because we have to, but none of them have sat down, and they're going to, like, family gatherings together, but no one has sat down and being like, okay, so, you and I are going to be married. Um... Are we going to like not touch each other? Are there humans? Like, how is this going to work? So they haven't had that talk and I'm kind of looking forward to that talk. Um, I want to know, like, I-, I want more of that, you know, like I, I-, I want more of, let's say, the quarter main family stuff and the awkwardness, right? Because I'm interesting to see where these, where it goes. I feel like we're just getting, uh, we're catching glimpses.
1: Yes, I was just going to say that because, like, you know, he states clearly that, like, his job is to protect and love them. And then you see Carly's face really light up. And then they have that whole daddy conversation. And he's like, "Um, can you tell Donna to call me Jason? And then her face changes. And, you know, and he feels uncomfortable. So they're really kind of wavering through it. But they go from him talking about loving them. You see the love in his eyes. The dad conversation. You see the love in, you know, Carly's and, you know, the awkwardness in his. Then when he says what he said, like... The back and forth, the tennis playing of emotions is just next level.
0: Okay. Okay. Because I did find it awkward that Carly was like, because this is what I understood. At first, I thought Carly meant, are you okay with that? The whole dad thing, meaning that's the role you're going to play in her life. Yes. But then they ended up actually getting into a detailed conversation about what Donna is to call him. Right. He is Jason. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Right. It's, it's a weird, (laughs) it's a, it's a weird place to step in, you know, like Jason having to say, like, I don't want to step on Sonny like that. Right. Like it's his daughter. Mm. Like, I don't want to take that name. But then it just hit me when you were talking the whole back and forth thing. Remember, because I I was just saying about the dance, like we've spent so long being friends and not the other stuff that it made me go, oh my gosh, is Carly's brain like really black and white about this? Because she doesn't know how to do this in the present. But she remembers a time from before when it was close to feelings where Michael did see Jason as dad. So I wonder if that's where that came from. Like, should she call you dad? Because I feel like Carly might be going back and forth to like who she was when that was sort of an option to be a family with Jason a bajillion years ago. And the fact that they're in this place now trying to be a family or pretending to be one or whatever, or pulling their family together.
1: I kind of, I know that might sound weird, but. No, it makes it even messier, which makes it fantastic because. It is messy. It's not a straight, like you said, it's not straightforward. And that's my favorite part about all this.
0: Which is exactly why I feel like Sunny can't come back. Right. Because. If you're going to do this and kind of shift course, right, Mm -hmm. by having these characters um, play with, you know, again, Sunny, if he didn't know who he was and wasn't part of the mob and the world of poor Charles and Carly without Sunny, if you're going to play with that, I don't feel like the timing is right for them to come back into each other's lives. Because I think that, like, Carly and Jason don't have a rhythm yet they're starting mm-hmm. to. So for me I feel like they have to establish more of a new dance together, more of a rhythm before Sunny can actually return. Yes. Because it has to be like for me I'm just thinking what would make it dramatic is if Sunny returns and he's ruining this like this this um rhythm that's already been established. Like him showing up now is just sort of like oh okay, like problem solved. You're back as head of the mob. We get to be together. Jason, go run and find Brit. I think she's on break. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be too much of diving right back to before. Yeah, I agree. all, All we would get would be like, okay, so Sunny comes back, everything goes back to normal, and then like Carly's mad at Nina, and I'm like, no, this cannot be that simplistic right like uh everybody hates nina like come on <laughs> you know what i mean it has to be more complicated it has to be complicated for sunny as well you know he already had conversations with nina about like i had a weird feeling about that gun you know like <laughs> i didn't really like that i didn't really like myself so it's like it, sunny comes back it has to, like for me i'm just thinking it would be more entertaining to watch sunny perhaps have his memory back but then start questioning his life and To know that Nina deceived him, but then struggle with not being able to stay away. Because remember, in today's episode, Carly's telling Sunny things like, (laughs) we we always found our way back to each other. We couldn't kind of, like, we had that passion. How heartbreaking would it be if, like, that whole pull, that whole, like, I couldn't ever turn away from you, Sunny has that with, like, Nina. Even if it's temporary, but being pulled towards somebody that has maybe hurt or wronged you, Again, remember, there's been a lot of different versions of Sunny and Carly. Jax's version was like this toxic
1: magnetic mm-hmm.
0: thing. Carly's also characterizes her relationship with Sunny as magnetic and passionate. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, everyone sees it differently. So again, like, to me, this has to go on for a little bit longer. Like, they have to, everybody has to dig in a little deeper and cement their lives for it to be devastating. Otherwise, it would just be a freaking waste. And so pacing, so going to the Mm -hmm. Tano, okay, a couple of, like, two things here. You know, they talk about a trip, and then Sunny says, like, oh, it means you're staying here for a few more weeks or something. So they say weeks. Yes. And then Sunny goes outside, and Lenny is dead. (laughs) Okay, so that happens. Yeah. And Mm -hmm, then, mm -hmm. uh, like, so basically, the Tano's because we talked about it being like an exaggerated version of soaps. And so then it was like the slow mo looking at each other. Like, I love it. It's like, it's like fast forwarding this story in this exaggerated kind of way. Like Lenny comes back from the hospital after just doing a test. He's like, hey, everybody, I'm back. It's I like it, it, it became like a western in, in a way like at one point like I, was like, I was like what's going on but then he dies and for me i'm just wondering okay well what does this mean like what does this mean like you guys have this family this foursome you know this unit that you guys have all built and lenny is not there like what does this mean for the pacing of let's say sunny's journey back to port charles Does this help – what does this do? Does this cement the fact that they stayed Nixon Falls a lot longer? Does it shorten it? What does this mean?
1: So, And I thought about that a lot because I'm like, okay, what does this mean for, you know, Phyllis and her storyline? So a couple of things came to mind. Um, The trauma just – Sonny started talking about his feelings. We know that when he was in the hospital, not feeling sorry, his memory is coming back. So he can remember certain emotions. He just can't remember people. And for a split second, Nina had like a moment of consciousness when uh, he was talking about like losing somebody you love. And then she's like, oh, man, Carly. And then she's like, oh, man, whatever. But you're so cute. And then she gets back to her normal crazy tone. So I think this trauma is just going to push them together like mm-hmm. nina and sunny mike and then yes i do believe they'll stay there longer because you know sunny already was saying that like you know what do we do now because now she's just lost the greatest love of her life we need to he needs to run the tano nina needs to take care of phyllis so to me it was like an extended pass for the okay. story to develop further with the carly okay. jason situation
0: how 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 terrible is that you know like y- you saw michael at a grave site, and now <laughs> you're hearing sunny say this like the pain of, like, losing a spouse is, like, Mm -hmm, mm never-ending. And mm -hmm. she's like, oh, that's probably how Carly must feel right now. Anyway, we'll have each other. We'll get through this. Like, I'll support you as we support Phyllis. Like, I was just like, wow! These, like, massive, significant moments are happening where reality hits her and she's just, like, knocking them back. Nope, bye-bye, reality. (laughs) Stay over there. Stay over there. I left you in Port Charles.
1: Like, wow. why you leave all your problems wow. and you walk away and they don't exist is what she basically said to Phyllis.
0: That was 100% that conversation. <laughs>
1: so, yeah,
0: that was the Tano. That was Yeah, it was the it, there was highs,
1: there was lows, there was some crazy. It was fantastic this week. Do you know what was awkward, though? Because,
0: like, when Phyllis walked in, um, mm-hmm. she was saying, oh, man, like, we got to open, but it's so nice to have this place to ourselves. So I'm like, that's... Like, so Lenny died at the entrance of your bar that's about to open? Yep. And and then Sunny's like, do you want me to move him? She's like, no. And I get it. I get it. Nobody, you don't need to move the body, right? Because, like, it wasn't a murder. (laughs) You You know, like like Sunny's instinct. Do you want me to move the dead body
1: for you? I made a note of that. Because I'm like, who says that? Who, what normal person would be like? Like, okay, let's call, you know, the corner or let's, you know, how do we do yeah. it? this like I could pick up the body. You tell me where you want me to carry it. Do
0: thing. you have a gravesite already picked out? Is there dirt available somewhere? But yeah, like calling 911, but I'm also thinking like how awkward for the patrons just trying to get a drink. Get
1: it? Oh, he's just having a snooze, you know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> just, just napping. Just a little weekend to Bernie's on a Friday. Uh, just that's what's going on. Oh man.
1: I, I can't I can't even but like oh right what, like the line you said about Phyllis was so very much like a, we're gonna stay close. like we're gonna stay together I like it when it's closed it's just the three of us it's also another clue that this is gonna go on longer like I'm happy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me know, too. I know
0: it's written awkward but I'm happy because I just think the longer this goes on like the better the fall basically and the more drama like it's really being set up it's gonna be really good when all the truth comes out.
1: Okay, so another thing we need to learn the truth about is what the heck happened to Hayden's mom? Um, she died. She, she, she's dead, and she had a needle in the neck, so <laughs> thing, that whole
0: thing, that whole thing, okay, so, like, kind of a little bit dramatic, right? You know, yes. like, Finn's like, fine, you can hang out with my daughter, and then it's like, saved by the death, because it's like he almost got oh questioned God. about Peter, and then he ends up, like, at this crime scene, he's like, crap, uh, I gotta tell Violet. And I'm like, do you, though? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot to take. But it's insane that, like, someone's been in touch with Hayden, and obviously there's more trouble. Like, Nicholas instigated fake trouble, so I don't know what happened after that to result in real trouble and real danger.
1: Well, it's like, is her mom on the up and up? Like, did her mom drag her down? Because the reference that Finn made when Hayden's mom walked in was the fact that, like, she scams people, or she chooses men for specific reasons so I'm like oh my god oh, Like Hayden okay. go to the mom and the mom kind of took her down a path with her or she just so happened to be in that circle not doing anything like when I'm, I'm saying not doing anything Hayden like just kind of being on the peripheral but got dragged into some bs
0: maybe that that could be it but it's interesting to highlight that like somebody actually was in touch with Hayden
1: Right, you know what I'm I'm thinking (laughs) thinking?
0: because it's like Hayden's staying away from Violet to protect her right that's what she's doing but Mm -hmm. she's like and she's staying away from all the people she loves to not bring danger but she's totally cool with reaching out to her mom she's like whatever (laughs) (laughs) we're in contact you know doesn't make a difference but again this has been the week for solving things so like Sam actually picked up on that detail enough to ask Elizabeth what Hayden's middle name actually was To understand that maybe you know they wanted her to circle back but then of course it always bugs me when they're not like straightforward because when Dante shows up they don't give all of the information right away. It's like dripping out I'm like can you just spill (laughs) it you guys know way more than what you're saying right now. Um, I also love the little uh, reminder of Sam's parole. Yeah. Not being over.
1: Exactly love it. it I honestly thought it was over to be honest.
0: But I yeah, I just like that, you know, Sean is looking out for her in that way and is being like, Maybe you shouldn't be here because no one thinks about her parole less than her. Like everyone else <laughs> thinks about it so much more. Um, so by the way, about like who came to like murder Naomi, I mean, so who? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we obviously think it's a new character but there was like a not a leak but there was a post about you know that Drew is actually coming back and, and is. the guy from the nanny exactly so I don't think it's Drew
0: no like we, we posted in a story and we asked people so yes. most people do think it is uh, Charles over Drew because it's like why would Drew like wanna like Drew wouldn't hurt anyone
1: exactly makes think. no sense he's a corporate guy right
0: again we have no idea what shape he's in true um but again i think it might be uh that charles uh guy i don't know who he's playing but super looking forward to that whole uh storyline
1: see okay so then we have the whole i'm gonna call somebody i trust and then they like give each other sexy eyes over like a murdered body
0: oh my gosh and then the flirting went up a notch like dante kinda gave himself permission, right? Since that talk Um, with Laura. Like look how he like dove in all trying to flirt. Like it was (laughs) really because like I mean he's always been like really charming and flirting I felt has come easy for him, but he's kind of nervous.
1: Yes, he is struggling and I love his kind of because we have this like darker, edgier Dante right now who like He's a little monotone at times. He's a little sarcastic with her. And there was a part when they were in the hospital and she's trying to get the details out of him and she's repeating, she started repeating what he was saying because she knew he would say it. And he's like, well, that's not annoying. I
0: loved (laughs) it. I love that subtlety. And it's just so good. Like the delivery of his lines. And they came up with a name for their date, which they don't know is a date, but it's a date. But Spa?
1: And there was touching. Did you see her touch his back and touch his arm and... It's cute.
0: I'm sorry, but it's like the chemistry is there. The chemistry is there and it's really adorable because, you know, I think today specifically they depicted their two single parents that are struggling but are seeing the light a little bit and are kind of, you know, acknowledging their feelings for each other.
1: I, I want to see that relationship progress. I love them together. I want to see more of them.
0: I think it's gonna be cute. I think it's gonna be really cute because they have this, like, fighty, flirty thing going on. So I think it's adorable. And look, I think the reality is is that they are, like, Sam and Jason broke up, so I do think they go out of their way to push them into different circles altogether,
1: and i like that i want you know we've discussed like sam was lost for a long time and she finally has her identity back and she is a whole person dante is a whole person they have so much in common and she can have one of those real relationships like when she was you know makes me think of when she was with drake like i want her to be with somebody she's compatible with and when she was with drake i just don't feel like she was maybe there was a lot going on and the storyline is a little bit blurry but i feel with dante it's very realistic
0: yeah i'm actually really interested in seeing that because sam is the one that referenced Her relationship with Patrick to Carly about a time when things felt a little bit more at ease. So I'm Mm. looking forward to seeing if Sam will reference that again or make some kind of a comparison to that time with Dante. So we get a sense of where does he fall? Because she's moving away from Jason because he's dangerous but there is that whole thing about dating a cop too, right? It's not exactly safe. I mean, obviously the Mm. family is a little less in danger than the mob but there's that risk for the person you are with
1: oh my god and i would love a scene where like her and dante are going to pick up rocco at the Quartermains and carly and jason are there like there's just so much fun stuff because she's she won't care she's just like happy in her life she would be like hey guys what's up
0: <laughs> and that's the that's the thing though is um i'm looking forward to all of that overlap at the quarter main house but that's the distinction between sam and dante and jason and carly is that Sam and Dante are entering a very, like, easy breezy, we're on the same page. Mm. It's a lighter experience. But with Jason and Carly, they're nowhere close to that at all, right? They have not found their groove at all. So I think it will be interesting because Sam may very well be in an easy breezy place.
1: Okay, so I think we did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay do you have any favorite lines or goal stars you'd like to give out for the week
0: honestly my favorite scene was the one you described between Sam and Dante when he had that like soft sarcastic line about like that's not annoying <laughs> oh and also okay hey, okay hey, stars to Ava because you know that was amazing this week
1: it, she's, it's it's a no brainer when you give her a star so okay so I have a favorite line it was Harmony when she was in the, the jail and I think Nicholas was accusing her of something and she says you know what it's refreshing being accused of something I didn't do <laughs> that was good. That was good. so that was like a one I'm like good for you I'm kind of not knowing like I don't hate you as much you're getting on my good side love it and of course, like Scott and Obrecht, Scott said to her, you've got curves like the Grand Prix, flaunt them.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, yes, those <laughs> two are basic. <amazing. laughs>
1: so you gave your gold star to, um, to Ava, so I'm going to give my gold star to Scott and Obrecht because they're just so funny. Oh wait, wait. and there's one from Britt, since Britt was in that scene too, so Britt and Jason, um, she looks at him and she's like, you know what? I'm glad to see you're hurting too. She was awesome. So for me, those are my favorite lines. And yay, we got through another week. I cannot wait for next week to see what happens at this parte of the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so everybody, have a fantastic weekend. And that's a wrap. Bye. Bye.